Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today, um, I sense this episode will be a little shorter, but um, I wanted to take a few minutes here to talk about the sunlight diet and I wanted to specifically focus on spring foods since us here in the Northern Hemisphere are moving into spring. So uh, today I'm gonna talk about um, spring foods and um. Uh, yeah, of course, we're moving into spring here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, well, I should say we're kind of smack in the middle of it here. Um, but even if you live over in the Southern Hemisphere, this absolutely applies when spring comes your way, right? So, um, so I'm going to talk about um, the sunlight diet, specifically around spring. I'm going to talk about eating with the seasons and the changing, varying strength of the sun throughout the year, why that's important. And today, uh, as I mentioned, I'm gonna focus on spring foods. Now, uh, before I dive into the episode, I wanna take a minute to announce that I've actually returned to my Patreon platform um, membership page, and that is patreon.com backslash sunlightrx. And I had this page in the past, uh, probably a few years ago, and um, have a ton of content on that page. Um, and while much of it is is old content at the present time, um, much of it is still very much accurate, but I'm upgrading the page. I thought, hey, you all are asking great questions. Uh, a lot of you are asking for a, an affordable, ongoing support resource to learn more about homeopathy and diet and sunlight and so forth. And I said, hey, let, let's bring back the Patreon, Patreon page to um, give you all an additional affordable resource. So um, there are some uh, free articles on, the Patre on my Patreon page. Um, I just posted one. My first post back is uh, how to make a, a bison, bison chuck roast. So I teach you how to do that. Um, but also, um, this is going to be primarily a subscription site, super low uh, investment of $12 a month. And here I'm going to go into depth about the sunlight diet, sunlight RX, food supplements, homeopathy, and this area is going to be a place where I can deep dive into specific conditions and modalities and, and how to approach specific conditions. And it'll be a place where I can really um, answer your questions in a more specific way, especially if you're dealing with um, a you know particular condition. So I thought that I would bring that resource back to uh, help you all help support you all, give you an, uh, an additional resource that, uh, and it'll be some audio recordings, I'm sure it'll be some some written posts, it'll be some recipes, 
Um, it'll be questions that you all um, have and I'll talk about supplements and, and of course, classical homeopathy and specific remedies um, and so forth. So if, if you're someone out there who you're, you're thinking about the sunlight diet or you're thinking about an ancestral diet consultation or you're thinking about joining my practitioner training homeopathy course, um, this could be an awesome place to just get a, a, a deeper feel for me, my approach. Um, and if you're someone who's, hey, I'm not ready to make that investment yet, let me learn in a, you know, at a lower buy-in, this is absolutely, uh, will be that resource for you all. And I'm going to aim for a weekly, um, at the very least, every two weeks, I'm going to do a post there for for everyone. So I'd love to have you as part of the community. And it's a space where I can field a lot more questions and go into detail about your specific questions. So as I mentioned, my first post back teaches you how to make the perfect, perfect melt in your mouth bison chuck roast. Like seriously, if you're like, oh my God, that sounds like some people hear the word chuck roast and they like want to run or they're totally scared. But I'm telling you, this is such a simple thing to make. It's super nourishing. Even your kids will like it. And it's really minimal with regard to the time commitment needed in order to prepare this dish. And the end result is I'm talking about banging. It's it's delicious. If you happen to have leftovers, it stores well and um, so forth. So anyway, that's the first post back. And the next post um, I'm still contemplating, but I'll keep you all, all up to date and posted as to what that will be. Um, so as I mentioned, you can go and join the platform there, patreon.com backslash sunlight rx. Okay, let's have a chat about spring foods and the sunlight diet. And I want to start by saying there's no such thing as a healthy fad diet. Um, what, and, and even the diets we've been taught are, are healthy, you know, carnivore or keto or, um, you know, anything that's really strict macrobiotic was like more of a, more of an early 2000s, 90s type of deal. Right. Um, even hardcore vegan, anything that's a cult diet, it's a red flag. Now, um, I, I also want to, to say, um, that, some of these diets, such as uh, carnivore, may be a possible short-term benefit. You know, it may be a, a short-term approach, like totally low carb. Um, but this really depends on each individual's unique situation. And um, so short-term, I'm talking maybe a month or two until... Um, until the circadian biology uh, is more on point until, until we get your body in, in basically a reset situation. But I use, I would say primarily low carb diets um, minimally. And when I do recommend them to a client, it's for the short term um, while their body is getting uh, more to a balanced point. Uh, because when it comes to diet, we need to think long-term. We have this thing in our mind that says, hey, I'm going to go on a diet, I'm going to suffer short-term, and then I'm going to go back to my shitty way of eating. And that's not a very um, helpful mindset to have going into diet. Um, we, When we even hear the word diet, it's like, oh, restriction, 
counting things, limitations, strict, dogmatic, faulty, right? And that's the exact opposite approach that we want to take to diet. Diet should be fun. Diet should be diverse. Diet should be um, uh, enjoyable, pleasurable. We shouldn't be counting things or measuring things. Um, so when it comes to diet, we need to think long-term. So we need to change our mindset. Like eating healthy is just something I do in this quote unquote period of time. And then I go back to, you know, um, eating like crap. If we really want to be healthy and use diet as a, a support system when it comes to our health, we need to think long-term, not short-term. And um, we need to, a lot of people are on board today with the ancestral diet, the ancestral way of eating, grass-fed meats, wild-caught fish, healthy fats, saturated fats, right? Everybody is, or I shouldn't say everybody <laughs> by, by any means, but a lot more people, and I should probably say most of you are listening to this podcast, are more on board with that way of eating, right? But really a truly ancestral diet is nothing what we've been told. It's not um, monk fruit or artificial sweeteners. And those things have no place in the diet, in my opinion. Artificial sweeteners, even things like monk fruit and stevia, and I know many people are going to curse me just like the avocado oil after this, but those things mess up the signaling between your pancreas, between your liver and your brain. And because your body, your mouth, it tastes the sweet flavor when you eat these zero carb or low carb sugars. And it says, huh, there's a sweet flavor and, and the pancreas and the liver gets signaled to perform certain blood sugar metabolic activities when your mouth and the sal salivary glands taste the sweet flavor. However, this also this uh, ultimately creates kind of a, a mismatched situation, confusion, chaos in the pancreas and the liver, because once you start to digest that food and they don't see any sugars, it gives them mixed messages. It's like, wait, what's going on here? So um, I have seen uh, the artificial sweeteners and even let's say, quote unquote, the natural low sh low carb or no sugar sweeteners like monk fruit like stevia cause real issues in the gut in the stomach in um uh, uh things like contributing to things like weak stomach acid acid reflux and then just circadian mismatch in the digestive organs and in the liver so um i know that was a little bit of a side but when it comes to a truly ancestral diet they're the, the, we're, we're totally, well, I shouldn't say totally, we're largely missing the boat on what that is. What is a truly ancestral diet? It has to include seasonal eating. Our, our ancient ancestors had zero access to grocery stores, to international food shipping, and, and all of this, uh, these quote-unquote amenities that we have access to today. You go into your grocery store, there's bananas, there's oranges, there's limes, but there's also romaine lettuce and there's root vegetables. And it's like, who the F knows what's in season? Who knows what the sunlight is growing in our actually in our actual region when we go into the co-op or Whole Foods and they have all these different out-of-region foods and, and shipped-in goods, right? We don't know. So um, 
this is a call to action um, or just some encouragement to, hey, pay attention to what's growing locally in your area and focus on those foods because our ancient ancestors, um, why did they live so long? Diet, yeah, sure. I, I think they could have lived longer if they had, um, you know, more resources, like their food was more scarce than ours. Our issue today is that we eat out of region foods. Any time of year, well, we can have bananas, oranges, pineapples, um, uh, and then we have crap like, you know, all the processed and packaged foods, right? So that contributes, but the, you know, the biggest contribute, contributing factor to longevity today, everybody's like, oh, blue zone diet, and these people last for, live forever, and they're centenarians. Here's the deal. The people who last the longest, live the longest, have the least amount of vaccinations over the course of their life, period. We're like, oh, grandpa grew up on raw milk and lived to be 100. Grandpa had zero vaccines or maybe one, you know, or maybe when he was older, he was um, convinced by the government and God knows who else is his uh, primary care to get the flu shot every year, right? The people who live the longest have the least number of vaccines, point blank, period, that's it. So um, I know those of you listening to this podcast have some awareness around that. And also um, we can use homeopathy to try to reverse the um, side effects and damages caused by vaccines. And we can use diet to support our health as well. And, and to do so, we have to go about a truly ancestral diet, which I have just coined the, the sunlight diet, which teaches people how to eat according to the seasons, why that's important, and so forth. If you're like, I have no idea what's in season, you're not alone. All of us have been programmed to go into the grocery store and just get the fruits and vegetables and, you know, strive for five fruits and veggies. And we, we haven't been, we've been trained out of how to, how to think that way, how to think of our food in a, in a natural way connected to sunlight and earth and seasons. Right. So we can start to make that reconnection. And, um, something I encourage people to do is go to your local, local farmer's market, see what they're selling that is a pretty darn good indicator as to what's in season in your area. So, um, let's see. Um, so what this also means is when we eat seasonally, there's not like a fixed diet. It's not like keto, carnivore, uh, vegetarian. It's not it's, there, there's no fixed diet here, right? Because every single place on the planet, whether you live in Canada or you live in the tropics or you live on the equator, the tropics, the deep tropics, this, there's seasons that, and there's weather patterns that affect what grow in your area. So how you know what to eat isn't dependent on a fad diet or somebody's protocol or, you know, gaps or macro or keto or paleo or, you know, all of that, what it's dependent on is sunlight. So um, where you live 
and your degree latitude and the seasons you experience, that should be the biggest determining factor as to what you put in your mouth. So um, let's see where I want to, to go from here. Um, <clears throat> So we have to remember that number one, and this is, you know, might be basic for some of you, but it might be a good review, or maybe it's new to some of you. We have to remember one, that sunlight grows our food, not a, uh, not an LED light in a greenhouse. Um, and sunlight varies depending on where you're at on the planet. And when we eat foods locally, um, we, you know, support local farmers, the food doesn't have to be shipped in or flown in. So we, you know, support a cleaner environment. And um, it also does astounding things for our physiology, our, bi our biology, our circadian biology, by eating foods grown in the same sunlight that we're hopefully getting exposed to every day doing the, our, our Sunlight Rx practice, right? So I sense the benefits of eating in this way, according to the seasons, according to sunlight, what's growing in your area, extend far beyond what any scientific study or diet book can ever conclude or will ever conclude. And extend, and it extends far beyond our linear approach. You know, the, the modern approach to food is very linear. It's very nutrient-based. It's very, you know, mathematical, right? And um, it's based on food facts and specific diets and who lives the longest. Forget all that crap. What's the sunlight doing in your area? That's what, that's, that's the biggest thing we need to focus on when it comes to making our diet choices. So when you eat locally, you either one, get to grow your own food and then you can really know what's growing locally, right? But you also can connect with other farmers, you grow your community, you can see what's in season. Uh, by visiting your farmer's market, by growing your own, and your connection to food, to people, becomes this tangible 3D hands-on experience, which we are highly deficient in in our modern world today. Our kids today have, have the social skills I am highly concerned about. Uh, our kids' social skills and being able to relate and interact with another human being that's not a screen or a robot or TikTok or, or what have you. So this brings, you know, a whole added benefit to food and health and healing and so forth. So if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, now is the time to switch from your winter diet, if you haven't already, right? The winter diet that focuses on those hearty squashes and fats and meats. And of course, we want to still focus on the latter, but um, uh, we want to just set aside for the time being, for the seasonal uh, purposes to forget about the squash right now and the root veggies, just put them on hold for a minute, right? This isn't the time of year where they're growing. The UV index has, has climbed to five or above in the Northern hemisphere and almost all, every place now it's five or above. Today, it was, it was a scorcher here. I think we had a 10 here in, in uh, Northern New Mexico, but we're at 8,000 feet. So it tends to be high, but, um, Right now in the Northern Hemisphere, in general, the UV index has climbed to at least a five, um, many places above. And um, when the UV index reaches a five or higher, 
or lower for that matter, okay? That's the diet switch signal. If you don't grow your own food and you, um, you know, you, you purchase your food at the store, use the UV index as your diet switch signal, your seasonal diet variation signal. How do you do this? Get the app DMinder, put it on your phone or wherever you have your apps. And it, you know, take a peek at it for the week. You don't have to look at it every day, but it can give you a weekly out, outlook. And um, you can see, hey, when it gets to five or above, then, hey, that's the diet switch signal. So in the Southern hemisphere, it's time to do the opposite of what I'm suggesting here. Um, so you go into the squashes and the root vegetables and so forth. Then forget the fruits and simple sugars, foods like honey and so forth. But in the Northern hemisphere, spring is sprung. And what does that mean about our diet? So as I mentioned, set aside hearty squashes and root veggies and heavy grains, go lighter. This is the time of year to go lighter, think lighter. Um, I caution to say think like a vegan, but you know, don't, <laughs> you know, don't really, but really think green, you know, spring is about green. Here's the grass and the shoots coming up. Think more green. This doesn't mean don't eat your ribeyes and don't eat your bison chuck roast and don't eat your, your steaks and your so forth, right? Absolutely. Always, you know, those are always on the diet list, but as spring comes, UVs fiber or higher, UV index, think green. What is in season now in the spring? What are some spring foods? Okay, um, asparagus, arugula, bitter greens. It's a great time for salads. It's a great time for um, um, uh, sauteed asparagus in your eggs. It's a great time for spring greens. And, um, and then it's a great time also for like chives and garlic shoots and um, these sort of sprouts and shoots that are coming up from the earth. Um, what else is in season? We have scallions, we have rhubarb. Shortly, will there'll be strawberries, uh, romaine, the spring lettuce mixes. These light foods help to, to cleanse the liver and gallbladder, bring it out of, of um, stagnation, give it a little wake up call from winter. You had, you know, the winter foods, they're heavier. We need that nourishment. We need those extra calories and nourishment when the UV index is lower. Um, when there's no UVB, because we don't have that additional energy source from the sun, we don't have it as strong, right? So we need some real mm, hearty food in the winter to help support our metabolism, our hormones, our energy levels, right? So here comes spring. Time to shift gears from that, you know, heavy um, uh, root veggies, dense foods to lighten it up, spring, salads. You know, I know a lot of people struggle with digesting raw foods and lettuce and so forth. If that's you, then we need to take a deeper look at that. What's triggering that? It's just not like, oh, I can't eat those, so I'll avoid those. No, it's like, why can't you eat those? Let's look at that, okay? And, um, and there can be many reasons for that, that usually go back to um, antibiotics, vaccines, et cetera, because it, those things destroy the gut microbiome and make it very sensitive to what you put in your mouth and what goes in your gut. 
So, of course, this time of year is also amazing for raw milk and real butter and cultured dairy products because all of the rich nutrients in the spring grasses, the spring grasses contain some of the highest nutrients that we find in the grass throughout the entire year. So if you can get your hands on raw milk from cows grazing on spring grass, real butter from those cows, cultured dairy from those cows, I mean, high five, amazing, go for it. But uh, I will also say that these foods are awesome all year round, right? Butter, cultured dairy, um, uh, raw milk, etc. So um, really, it's the fresh fruit and vegetables that have the most variation because they vary, um, they vary most in nature. They change with the sun and they change with the seasons. A cow isn't going to die in winter, you know if you're taking of course right if we're taking care of it and so forth right but its diet will likely change right it it's not going to have all the access to to the grasses and so we have to to supplement with some things and maybe some root veggies and um uh, dried grasses and stuff like that right but um it won't die it's still going to be alive it still can thrive However, tomatoes, lettuce, berries, broccoli, these things, they, they don't even have a chance. They can't even survive. It's not, they can't survive in nature this time of year. So the biggest seasonal variation in diet needs to really be centered around fruits and vegetables. And, um, and then we have the high starch foods like corn and grains. So, um, you know, of course, Something um, something that I want to mention here is that <clears throat> the people who need more of a, a short-term uh, hardcore diet, right, like in mostly in my practice, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, that's centered around some kind of low-carb uh approach with lots of animal protein and so forth um still even if somebody is in that position i don't have them car count carbs or macros because that brings them it, that immediately brings them into a heady space around their food that's not healing i want them to enjoy what they're eating and you know just stay inside certain parameters um, until we can expand it into more of the sunlight seasonal diet approach. But um, if you're somebody who um, struggles with a chronic condition, okay, like malignant high blood pressure, right? So malignant high blood pressure is high blood pressure that even on medication is not able to be controlled. It's still high, right? Or something like cancers or advanced cancer or advanced cases of diabetes or obesity or pancreatitis or hepatitis, like these conditions. If you're somebody who struggles with some kind of chronic condition that's um, putting a fire under your booty, like, hey, something needs to be done. These are the cases that I'll usually use uh, a short-term, more hardcore, low-carb diet with. And um, I'll, I'll caution against other foods. Like even if it's summer, I'll say, hey, you know, like let's hold off on some of the fresh fruits and whatnot uh, while we focus on resetting your metabolism and hormones and getting you back in balance. But 
really what's going to help people um, get more in, in balance with their, be able to go into a sunlight diet, be able to go into a seasonal diet, because a lot of people have food sensitivities, right? And one thing we can do is focus on the circadian biology, somebody's circadian rhythms, and reestablish that synchronicity um, because this is going to help reestablish a healthy gut microbiome that's been destroyed by modern life and modern medicine. And um, we, we need to get the gut microbiome um, reestablished. We need to repopulate the, the gut bacteria so it can absorb and assimilate and break down your food, right? So um, we can also use resetting the circadian biology, circadian rhythms to help reestablish a healthy functioning NAD, NADH molecule, which is the first protein in your mitochondria. And it's responsible for many important things, including um, healing and regeneration, but also energy production. But a big one is carbohydrate metabolism. A lot of people have compromised carbohydrate metabolism. They don't tolerate carbs that well. Carbs are naturally found in nature. And when they're in season, we should, the human being, the human biology uh, should be able to eat those foods, you know, unprocessed without a problem. People struggle with it today because uh, for many reasons, but one is that the NAD, NADH molecule is usually compromised, especially in people who struggle with their weight, tend to be more overweight, maybe obese, or just have any energy production issues. So I always combine um, resetting one's circadian rhythms via sunlight, via indoor lighting practices, via mitigating um, human-made EMFs. Um, we have to sync these two. The sunlight diet, eating with the seasons, is a huge way to resync your circadian biology. Now, if we bring in these other aspects at the same time, so let's say you're listening to this podcast, you're like, so eating seasonally, yep, gonna do that. To expedite the process, meaning to expedite the way your body will positively respond to diet and will positively uh, respond to the healing modalities you're doing and will expedite its healing potential in general. You combine your diet practice, your sunlight diet practice with your sunlight RX with EMF mitigation. It's hands down going to be um, the most effective way to reset your circadian biology. Don't cut corners or do shortcuts. Don't do that. It's not going to work. Don't think you can use your red light and reset your circadian biology. The real red light is in sunlight. Don't think you can replenish your vitamin D and improve your NADH and improve your carbohydrate metabolism by sitting under a spurty D lamp. It's horse crap. You can't do that. It's not going to work. People want to biohack. Biohacking is a uh, AKA what that translates to is laziness and don't want to change your life. Want to keep doing things that, um, are detrimental to your health. And I'm not trying to be a hard ass about this, but 
at least gradually take some steps because I know some people are in certain situations where, hey, they need steps. They can't just leave their Microsoft job or they can't just leave their job at Google or they can't just leave the, the nursing job under the fake lights all day in the night shift, right? I know some of this takes time, but start taking some steps. Make a plan and gradually work your way towards that. Um, but the sunlight diet, and eating seasonally here, like we're talking about today, it harmonizes your circadian biology because you're eating what's in nature, what's grown outside your door in, in that season that you're experiencing. And this has huge benefit and support for your body's circadian biology. Now, let's just say here, because I know plenty of people like this and I've been there myself, okay? You do all those things. Hey, Heather, I'm eating seasonally. I'm um, uh, I'm doing the Sunlight RX. I'm, EM I'm doing EMF mitigation, uh, but I still have XYZ issue. This is still an issue. I still struggle with my hormones. I still struggle with my sleep. My inflammation levels still seem high. I still can't eat fruit or, you know, see some certain seasonal foods. Sometimes, wait, oftentimes you need the big guns to reestablish your circadian biology. So what I do in my, in my uh, private practice and what I teach my practitioner training students is, hey, this is foundational stuff. The sunlight diet and eating seasonally, boom, that's your foundation. Mitigating EMFs, foundation. Um, getting your sunlight RX on, foundation. Every single human on this planet needs those foundational uh, practices in their life. Uh, and then we need to, we can build our health from there. So we need these things in a foundational, uh, as a foundational layer, this groundwork. We're rooting in with those things. We're putting our body in a position to heal. But wait a minute, I'm bumping up against a wall. I've made a little progress. I love the sun. Um, I, I love the idea of eating more seasonal foods and fruits and carbs and so forth when they're in season. But I can't. My body's not, I'm bumping up against this wall, right? And when that happens, which happens in almost every single case today. And the reason isn't because you're fucking up or doing something wrong or you're incurable. It's not the reason. The reason is because of the medicines we relied on for years, since the mid 1900s, early 1900s, vaccines antibiotics, steroid drugs. And now since the late 80s, the vaccine schedule has gone from, I think it was five when I was a kid, 72 today. If you don't think that has repercussions on you or your kids, it, it, the people are lying to you or who say it doesn't. And um, those, those things, those modalities, Sunlight Rx, the Sunlight Diet cannot reverse those things. 
and you go into your doctor and maybe it's a functional or maybe it's some sort of ND or, you know, maybe it's a, a natural doctor and they're going to give you supplements and they're going to give you a diet protocol and they're going to tell you to bloodlet and they're going to tell you to, you know, um, what is the other nonsense stuff they tell you to do? Get more testing. Forget it. That stuff cannot reverse the damage, <clears throat> excuse me, caused by prescription medications and allopathy and their drugs and their medicines. It cannot touch it. Those medicines are so suppressive to the immune system, excuse me, <clears throat> that um, they can't, your immune system can't budge out of that place, out of that, that restricted that suppressed place with those modalities. I haven't seen it. I, I can say I haven't seen it up until this point. I haven't, I have yet to see it. What are the big guns I'm referring to? Homeopathy. Because homeopathy, which is why the FDA and the government, they're catching on the medical system. They're like, oh, wait, people are starting to rely on homeopathy because it can reverse damage caused by vaccines. It can reverse damage caused by antibiotics. It can reverse damage caused by steroid drugs. Not overnight. This isn't like a magic wand. We're talking long game here, right? We're always talking long game. I'm, I can't cut corners. I can't do it. I can't do it in my own life. I can't do it with my clients. Um, if somebody tells me they can't cook, we have some issues because <laughs> there can be a big block to healing. Um, so homeopathy, we often have to call in the big guns to reset the circadian biology because everyone out there in, in my perspective is absolutely accurate with the regard to the circadian biology being out of sync and they focus on sunlight deficiency. True. Right. Over 90% of the time people spend, you know, each day are spent indoors. That's, that's a huge cause of, of circadian mismatch and our health issues, right? EMFs being in a Wi-Fi environment around your cell phone is going to disrupt your body's own natural rhythms and your, your resonance in your body, right? It's going to disrupt that. And it's going to lead to disharmony, chaos, disease. Absolutely. Sure. eating crappy food, will that contribute to poor health? Absolutely. Why could grandpa eat absolute crap from 30, 40 years on and live to 100 or 80s, 90s in relatively decent shape? Had, did not have vaccines. He got childhood epidemics. Who gets chicken pox anymore? Who gets measles? What kids get chicken pox or measles? What kid gets the mumps? We think that's a, something to celebrate. You better celebrate when your kid gets the mumps. <laughs> that is the ticket to centenarian status. So um, often because we've been suppressed so much today, we need homeopathy. And here's the deal. I 
you know, I say homeopathy and I don't want to get into this too much during this episode because I know we've been focusing on spring foods and I hope that was that message was hit home and you have a better idea and sense of what to eat now that it's spring and, and how to go about that. I hope you got that golden. If you need a refresher, if you want a deep dive, get a copy of the sunlight diet on my site. It goes into detail about all of this. But what I want to say is homeopathy. Okay. We can't just assume you take a homeopathic remedy and that's going to get your circadian biology on point. It's much more complex like that, than that. But it has, it carries this seed, this potential energy of having that ability. But there are some factors to consider. One, you need to get the right remedy to the person. Two, you have to, um, you know, focus on the lowest dose possible. Uh, a lot of people repeat a remedy and they take way too many remedies and it's very confusing to the system. It's not going to have the side effects that Western allopathy has on the body, but it's going to be confusing and you're not going to make much progress going about homeopathy in that way where you take a remedy all the time or every day, unless, you know, there's certain um, situations where that is appropriate, but um, that's not the standard to repeat the remedy and you have to get the correct remedy and you have to be patient and you have to give it time. And you have to um, get the right potency. So there's a lot of factors to consider. Um, and, and homeopathy is very different than conventional medicine. And even from alter many alternative medicines, because you have a UTI, you don't just give the same thing to every single person. You take into consideration um, their unique symptoms, their personality, uh, their thirst, their temperature, their, on and on and on. And it hones in, this is how we individuate treatment. It hones in on the person's constitution and symptoms. And as, as in this holographic approach, you give the remedy and you get the correct remedy Boom. That's when we have these huge shifts in circadian biology that can actually stick. Will they happen overnight? Absolutely not. Because of suppressive medicines, even if you had a vaccine when you were one day old and today you're 40, that vaccine has suppressed your system unless you got a high fever after it and kicked the vaccine out, right? There's some, there are some, um, what should I say? There are some, um, I can't think of the word, uh, <clears throat> instances where the vaccines don't hold, the organism is strong enough to kick out the vaccine or the antibiotic, and they go on and that, that medicine doesn't impact them. Rarely does it happen today, but older people, um, people who are, I'd say probably 40 or older may have had that experience. And then you have to go back and kind of see, hey, when did this issue start? Oh, after I took antibiotics, after I started this medication, after six months after this vaccine, right? So homeopathy has this ability to really allow for these huge breakthroughs in circadian healing, circadian healing the circadian biology, uh, because you set this really 
potent, important, powerful foundation with your Sunlight RX, with your Sunlight Diet, with mitigating EMFs. You have this solid foundation. Then you bring in homeopathy and you lay this foundation for really deep healing to occur. I know that was a little bit more than seasonal eating and spring diets for today, but um, I thought it appropriate. I kind of went with the flow with it. So I hope that was helpful. I hope it gave you a, a bigger picture idea of diet, seasonal eating, the importance of circadian biology and how to really support your circadian biology in this holographic way, because I can't tell you how many people come to me and say, I've done everything the quantum world has told me to do. I still feel like shit. This is why. And I hope that this year, um, the quantum world and the platforms will allow me to come onto their platforms and share this message more. So, um, people can make more and more, more bigger, bigger health breakthroughs um, and not get, because people will get to a point where they'll be like, this is awesome. And then I just have to settle for this. And usually we have to bring in this medicine, this, the homeopathy to help gradually, um, get people over the threshold with regard to their healing and, and moving forward. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And next week, I have a request for a, a podcast uh, about preeclampsia. So I will be diving into that topic. And if you want to learn more, if you have specific questions, um, if you want a, a lower uh, buy-in to learn more about circadian biology, the sunlight diet, homeopathy, et cetera, join me on my Patreon page patreon.com backslash sunlightrx and uh, join the community there. Um, and um, yeah, be really, really awesome to have you. Okay, see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my Sunlight RX tips, you can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore RX and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.